everyone. Welcome to The Lifted Podcast. I'm your host, Helen Denham, and this is a place for us to talk about what we're doing every day to raise our vibration and understand ourselves more deeply as energetic beings and co-creators. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode. If you're new here, I'm Helen Denham. I'm an empowerment coach, meditation teacher, lots of things. I'm so happy that you found the show. (sighs) You know, I'm kind of trying to find the words for today's episode. I know that people are listening across all different timelines and, and you know, from different places, but this morning is quite a heavy day in the United States in particular. And I just want to acknowledge however you're feeling um, and honor the emotions that you're going through. And I think I just want to say for a moment that in the spiritual community and the wellness community in general, the conversation is so often about raising our vibration, always feeling good, always moving upstream in that way. And um, sometimes it elicits a feeling of perhaps unintentional shame around feelings of feeling intense sorrow or grief or sadness. Um, And so I just want to acknowledge your emotions in whatever way that you're showing up today. Maybe you're feeling great and I love that. (laughs) But for a lot of us, this is kind of a heavy week in particular that we're moving through. And um, yeah, all of you is welcome here. I hope that you find a moment where you can just sit with yourself and let yourself feel whatever you're feeling today. And uh, just remember that this human experience is not linear, is it? Not at all. There are a lot of peaks and valleys to move through. So if you need any support at this time, you know, feel free to send me a message in the DMs. Uh, we're, we're really all in this together. This is a shared human experience that uh, we are all living. So I just love you so much. And I just want to acknowledge that, uh, you know, you're not alone, of course. Okay, so with that being said, again, like just be gentle with yourself today and always and we'll shift into today's beautiful conversation. We have Cassandra Bodzak joining us. She is a holistic lifestyle expert who helps people all over the world design a healthy lifestyle from the inside out through food, meditation, self-care. She's the best-selling author of Eat With Intention, and you might recognize her from ABC's The Taste. Cassandra is also a spiritual guide and host of the podcast Divine Downloads, and she helps women all over the world who want to make peace with their bodies, quiet their minds, and reconnect with their souls. And I'll just say as well, Cassandra and her team were so sweet. They sent me her new book, Spiritual Awakening Journal. And I have been using it, honey. I have truly been using this like every morning. I'm like, I have to remember to journal in my main journal as well, because I'm having so much fun with this one. But um, I'll just give you an example of what one of these uh, prompts is. So like the opening prompt is, imagine that you had a wand that you could wave over your life to completely transform any and all areas. What would you use it for? How would your life look when your magical makeover was complete? So it's just a ton of those amazing prompts, like ranging from many different subjects. So uh, enjoy this conversation. Cassandra is just awesome. I had a blast having her on the show. And of course, hit us up on Instagram. Let us know what you're learning, what you're thinking. You can find me on Instagram at Helen Denham underscore and Cassandra at Cassandra Bodzak. And if you feel like a friend might benefit from what you're hearing, please do send it along. And I think that's it from my end. I'll talk to you on the flip side. Well, the first question I love to ask guests is, how do you like to start your day off? Do you have any rising routines or rituals that you go to? Yeah. So my first, uh, 
it's very simple now. It's funny. It oscillates. Sometimes it's a little bit more extensive. And then I go into right now, things are pretty crazy and it's gotten more simplistic. And so it's just a meditation. So I meditate from 20 to 45 minutes, depending on the day and you know what I want to do. And then I do some journaling and that, that's pretty much it. And my journaling usually will kind of come through whatever if there's anything that came up in my meditation or if there's any um particular thing i want guidance on that day or direction as far as my to-do list and then i go into the day and take action on whatever came up amazing okay 20 to 45 minutes is quite an extensive time did it take you a while to work up to that much time in meditation or what has that process been like for you so my annoying answer to this is no, um, <laughs> but um, the way I came to meditation actually has, I think, a lot to do with that. So I came to meditation from a dark night of the soul moment. I, you know, when I was 25, my little brother got diagnosed with this terminal autoimmune condition that was horrible and it kind of, and not kind of, it fully brought me to my knees. And that was a big part of my journey with meditation. Um, and that was the first time where I really got the memo that I needed a daily practice and I needed a consistent practice and I needed a really hearty practice. And the way I describe it is I think meditation in so many ways can be like medication for the soul, like in, in a way where it like brings you back to that center, that equilibrium, that peace and that divine connection of the truth of who we are. And so if you're like walking around your house and like you stub your toe a couple times, you might not even take, you probably wouldn't take an Advil for that, right? Um, let's say you, you get like a headache, maybe you'll take an Advil if you're the kind of person that takes an Advil or whatnot. So maybe you take one Advil or whatever if you get a headache. And then if you literally get like your leg run over by a car, you know, when you go to the hospital, they're going to give you more intensive pain relievers <laughs> for that. And that's kind of my meditation journey started at that kind of like hospital level of pain that I was in emotionally and spiritually. And so I heavy handed the dose from the get go. And in those you know, first days, I literally, when I just starting to meditate, so I was listening to guided meditations on YouTube, I went to like meditation classes, tried like Buddhist and Vedic and Kundalini. And like, I just threw myself into it. Because for me, that was the only thing that was gonna help relieve a little bit of the pain that I was living in. And so I meditated a lot. Like in those, those early months of meditating, I meditated literally whenever I could, sometimes for hours at a time. And it was far, far, far from perfect. And it definitely, there were still moments in those meditations, obviously, it wasn't like in nirvana the whole time, you know, but I was able to kind of like, move through enough stuff that I found if I sat long enough, I found peace. And even if like I was sitting for, let's say 45 minutes and like five minutes of that 45 minutes, I found peace. Those five minutes for me at that moment in my life were really worth it. Um, and so I think that really formed my relationship with meditation where I, I, you know, just like anyone else, I, 
I have an insane schedule right now. You know, I'm like teaching, I'm teaching a class. I have my journal launching. I have literally like podcast interviews every day. I have clients every day. I run like two masterminds. Like I'm getting married in June. I have, we just bought a house. Like I have, I have a hearty plate, right? And so I also do appreciate like sometimes in between calls, I will do like a five minute right? Just to like recenter and get myself into that zone and kind of just take that moment to like plug in and reconnect before I hop on to the next call. Um, so I see the value in that. But for me, when I start my day, that first meditation is setting the foundation for how I handle everything in that day and really plugging me into what like my energy and frequency is going to be. So I appreciate a hearty meditation. <laughs> Absolutely. It makes so much sense. And you know what I really find with your story too, is like, it takes a lot of bravery to sit with your pain and actually experience the grief. And I, and I think we can all acknowledge moments where we've tried to pacify it with all these different modalities. But what do you think like gave you that courage to really sit with yourself in that pain and that discomfort and actually be able to handle it? Like, what did you notice that came up for you? Yeah, I think one, the biggest thing was that level of surrender and like not knowing. I think that some of the biggest gift blessing moments in our life is when we reach certain situations where like our human genuinely has no clue what to do. Mm -hmm. right and when we're in that moment we like transcend our like human mind whatever you want to call it right human mind and we were like like this is the first time in my life I was dealing with a loved one who's younger than me fighting for his life kind of out of nowhere I was like healthy kid like kind of just, like he was straight edge like never like drank or did drugs or like anything like that so it was like what the f you know like what a curveball and I'm not you know wasn't I, I didn't know, I had no reference point for how to handle this, mm -hmm. right? Like, how do I be a good big sister through this? How do I support my family? How do I just like be a functional human being mm -hmm. on a day-to-day -day basis? And so I think the, the fact that I didn't, I didn't, I knew that I didn't know, mm -hmm. right? Was really helpful to that. And I knew that the pain which I think most of us probably, if you're listening to this and you're at this part in your journey, it doesn't go away, right? It doesn't go away by you like trying to avoid it. Mm -hmm. It doesn't go away by you trying to numb it. And, you know, I was actually just talking, I had a group call with my Divinely Designed Your Life people earlier today. And we were talking about this, the difference of like feeling your feelings and like moving through your feelings. And I think, you know, feeling your feelings can just like kind of sometimes keep you in that cyclical cycle of feeling funky and, you know, perpetuate it, right? And then you try these kind of like haphazard things, right? You watch the Netflix, you eat the junk food or whatever it is, right? Nothing helps. Mm -hmm. But moving through your feelings, I think I intuitively just felt I have to like, it's like the only way to like get out of hell is to go through it or something like that. I don't know. There's some saying like that, right? Where I, I, I knew that I had to just sit through it to figure out what was on the other side of it. Mm -hmm. And so I think a lot of it was intuitive and a lot of it was just trusting that I had no better, better ideas 
And so this was what was coming to me. And even from the very first meditation I did, as difficult as it was, it brought, it, it took the edge off just enough to make me curious to do it again. Mm -hmm. Right. And then the more I did it, the more I got those little like droplets of peace, the more I was like, okay, there's, there's something here yeah. that want, you know, that that's on the other side of this. Absolutely. Yeah. And another part of this too, is like, I love that you were able to kind of empower yourself to try something that was making you feel better instead of sinking into a victim mentality. Because if something happens like that, a lot of people go into like, oh my God, the world is against me. And they go through life like that. So was this part of how you were raised? Like, did your parents bring you up in kind of an optimistic, how, like, how did you get to that point where you were like, okay, I'm going to surrender and I'm going to see what happens in an optimistic perspective? Yeah, no, I mean, I grew up, I grew up, you know, raised Catholic and, but I wouldn't necessarily say that I had, you know, incredibly like optimistic parents or, you know, whatnot in that aspect. My parents, you know, especially around this matter, like still to this day, I think, you know, have a lot of struggles around it. And, um, but I think, you know, I had always been, despite having gone through some stuff growing up, you know, I had always just had a, almost like a natural, cheerful disposition. Um, despite all the things like I navigated while I was growing up. And so I think it was like the shock of like realizing that I was no longer the me that I knew myself to be, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. And so I think there was a part of me, one, and then two, which now, as you bring this up, I'm like, I never even thought about it this way, but there was a wisdom there where I really knew that if I couldn't get myself to a more, I wouldn't even say positive, I think at the time I would say emotionally stable was the goal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if I could get myself to an emotionally stable place, I would be able to be of the greatest service to my brother during whatever he was facing ahead, right? And so I think for me, it was really about being of service in that way, where I knew that the best way that whatever this is, I might not be able to stop it. I may not be able to know how to fix it or whatnot. But the one thing I could do was be the best sister through it and the best daughter for my parents and do my best to have my emotional stability mm -hmm. to a degree so that I could be thinking clearly and help make decisions and help support him and, and help do all that. So I think that was really the motivation for me wanting that, that peace. Mm -hmm. And forgive me, is your brother still with us or did he pass? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so thank God to a team of like 50 doctors at Harvard Medical Center um, and some life saving, saving surgeries. And he is, um, he's still with us. He, you know, he has his things that he handles, but he's definitely with us. And he's just been such a, his journey was just like cracked everything open for me. Wow. So like I credit like literally my whole life right now is because of his journey. It's not amazing how like some of our deepest wounding ends up being like our purpose and transitions into everything. I mean, it changed yeah. my whole life. It threw my life upside down and 
it was really crazy because while he was so as a as like a side effect of me doing all this meditation and trying to find this emotional stability one of the things i did i think from a very like basic survival instinct was like look for like little joys mm -hmm. right so it'd be like i'd do my meditation and then i'd find like what are like these like little things i can do to just bring me like a little joy today mm -hmm. you know so whether it was like you know i remember one night which is just like so silly but it was this is like totally like you know like i don't live with my parents i'm gonna be like a rebel and i ate like mango guacamole and chips for dinner <laughs> and and it brought me joy mm -hmm. you know it was just like haha i'm having guacamole and chips for dinner and no one can stop me <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like little series of things like that i started doing like my vegan baking i started recording youtube videos i started doing these like little things that were within my control mm -hmm. you know that i could do uh going on a walk listening you know listening to music re finding different things and so it led me to my whole like spiritual awakening journey and finding this from like just a very like survival place really mm -hmm. um and then what unfolded is like you know, like my blog and my business and being on TV and books and like all this stuff that I literally, you know, had no idea was even possible at the time. I was literally just like, can I be an emotionally stable human <laughs> for the next year? Right. You know? Mm -hmm. Did you notice that your success started to kind of happen shortly after this big dark night of the soul, if you will, or was it kind of a gradual build and expansion into what your lifestyle looks like now? Um, I would say it really started cooking. I started noticing things probably six months out, mm -hmm. maybe like, you know, to try to give like a timeline to it. Like it wasn't like immediate. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the first like few months were really the wins in the first few months were the peace. Mm -hmm. We're like having a little bit more clarity where like you were saying, like not spending less time in the victim mindset, right? Cause it's like, of course, when like shit is going on in your life, it's, it's human to like have those moments where you're feeling like you're in the victim. Mm -hmm. But the more that I was using my meditation, I was using my spiritual tools and I was following these like little fun, little joy things. Um, I was lifting out of it more and more. And then, and then what ended up happening is I first just started to notice how that I felt differently, mm -hmm. right? That I was feeling, I still struggled a lot, obviously, you know, with seeing him in the hospital and, you know, going into these different surgeries and stuff like that. So there were like, obviously some like human moments, real human moments, but I just started seeing that there was more and more patches where mm -hmm. I was able to ascend that, where I was able to kind of have like be in the flow and shift and, I noticed that it started changing the way I was making decisions in my life, right? The way I was interacting with, you know, work, the way I was interacting with my hobbies, the way I was interacting with different things. And so that started happening pretty fast. I would say that started happening within the first few weeks, like things were shifting and, you know, now looking back, it's easy to say that. Right. Um, but then like, I'd say within that first six months, like that's when like all of a sudden, 
you know, people started following my blog. This, I didn't even know, like, I didn't know anything about, was not savvy at all. You know, mm-hmm. I was just doing it for therapy, really. And people loved it. And then I started getting, you know, emails from people being like, do you do coaching? Can I be a client? what is this is this a thing Mm -hmm. and I just rolled with it because I was just like well that feels fun that feels cool that feels like I'm being helpful um and it shifted some of the things I was doing I was acting a lot at the time and a lot of my acting just stopped feeling purposeful Mm -hmm. right and I started leaning a little bit more towards the coaching and more towards the that kind of stuff because I felt like I was helping in a more direct way Mm -hmm. and um And so, yeah, so then within six months to a year is really when like all of a sudden, like my blog blew up, then my Instagram was growing, now I have a coaching business. And then within two years, like I was on national TV because like ABC found my YouTube videos that I was literally making so that I didn't cry at night. Wow. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, so I guess in the grand spectrum of things, it happened pretty fast. Mm Mm-hmm. What do you think was resonating with people so deeply from your blog posts? Like, do you, can you pinpoint something that was like really sticking with people or having them feel comfortable approaching you and feeling like they could confide in you? Yeah, I think it was because I didn't have an agenda. Mm. Like I had no, um, like it wasn't, nothing was strategic (laughs) and, and, and in not having an agenda, it was really what my most of my blog posts and my Instagram posts or whatever it was at that time, especially, it would literally be something like, here's what happened. Like here, here was like the problem or here's what would happen. Here's what I did to solve it. Just in case anyone else ever goes through this, maybe you'll, you know, so whether it was like, you know, something with like cooking where it was like, you know, I'm allergic to eggs and dairy. And I also love like brownies and cupcakes and cookies and all that fun stuff. And at the time I was like tortured, like this was like way, this was, you know, almost a decade ago. So it wasn't like now you go to your local bakery, you could find something you could eat, right? You couldn't, that wasn't like how it was back then, back in the day. <laughs> um, so I would make these things, right? I would like figure it out or I would take even like cake mixes and like see how I could like remix like a standard cake mix or whatever. And so it could be as simple as me just being like, hey guys, I was like on my period, really craving brownies, super frustrated that I have these allergies, really wanting something that would like be like a nice treat, but also not hurt my body physically or cause like any sort of, you know, reactions and stuff that I'd have to deal with. And so I went to the local store and just like found this Betty Crocker mix and then like remixed it with this, this and this, whatever. It would be something as simple as that to like me having like you know, I remember one day it was like raining and I missed like a meeting. And then I like went to like a coffee shop and I was like crying about the meeting. And it was like this whole thing. And then I had this aha at the coffee shop about, and I was just, it would be like that kind of a thing, you know, where it was just so almost like a diary entry. Mm-hmm. And I think what really resonated with people was it was just really real. Mm-hmm. I wasn't trying to be cool. I wasn't trying to know more than anyone it was more of like your best friend or like your sister being like, Hey, like I totally stubbed my toe on the chair outside. Like, don't do that. Here's how I, or whatever, you know? Amazing. It's like you're, you're teaching through experience, which is like the most authentic way to go about it. I love that you say that. Yeah. There wasn't an agenda. Yeah. So how do you go about like conscious selling now or, or how do you like structure your business so that you're still keeping that integrity, I guess? 
Yeah, so it's an interesting question because it's definitely something that now that it's a business, you have to consciously think about it a lot. Yeah. And for me, I think a lot of that is just being in tune with how I feel when I'm sharing something. Mm -hmm. um, when I'm sharing something that I'm like genuinely excited to share, and I'm just like sharing something as it like evolves and comes up and so much of like the the like literally just today I was giving a talk to some clients and it was based on like a situation I had to deal with this morning mm -hmm. right and I find when I just like draw on my life and ask my you know so I so I found that that is something that you know I kind of always like ground myself in mm -hmm. is really I believe that like my audience and people that resonate with me are usually just like me a few steps ago, yeah, right? And sometimes it's just me a few steps ago in certain areas, not even like all the areas, but just like a few steps ago. And so I always draw back on what did me a few steps ago need to hear right now? All right, popping in for a second to chat with you about my one-on-one -on -one mentorship series. So this is a private mentorship program with me for seven weeks. We meet once a week, one-on-one -on -one, for an hour. And this is really a program designed to help you embody your highest self and make that quantum leap to overcome any self-limiting beliefs, any stories that you no longer wish to hold on to, and really uncover those stories that might even be hidden in your subconscious, really bringing those to the surface, alchemizing and releasing that and giving you the tools to step forward into your beautiful quantum leap, your growth and your new most authentic self that's rooted in freedom, peace, prosperity and happiness and really helping you to know that that life is possible for you and we're going to bring it to life. So I'm using tools like EFT, emotional freedom technique, guided visualization meditation, subconscious healing, journaling and transformational workbook prompts, and so much more. So if you're interested and want to know more, you can book a free clarity call with me. Link is in the description below and it's also on my website, helendenham.com mentorship. Okay, my friends, back to the episode. Thanks so much for listening. And also sharing stuff, like if stuff's coming up for me, if like I'm moving through overwhelm or anxiety or shit hitting the fan or whatever it is, you know, mm -hmm. using it, right? And asking myself, you know, in those moments, once I've gotten to the other side of it, can I share that? And so the way I see all of my programs that I sell are literally me taking like like my my main program for instance like divinely design your life is literally me like reverse engineering that whole process of manifestation mm. right so i look back at like how i created like these incredible manifestations in my life the key components and what happened during that process that led the quote-unquote stars to align for all these things to happen and then put that process in my program. So that's like the divine design your life one, spread your light is how that happened with my business. You know, so they all kind of are that, right? Mm -hmm. And so then when I'm selling it, it's really just like, do you need this? Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And so like, do you need this? It's like, this is what it is. And this is where I was at when I embarked on this journey. This is where this journey led me. And if that's something that resonates with you and you feel is going to expedite you along your path, 
Mm-hmm. then great. I've literally like given you a blueprint that like I wish I would have had mm-hmm. so that I didn't have to like try and error it so much. And so I think around conscious selling, it's just coming from that place of just same thing like you would tell like your friend or your sister, mm-hmm. right? It's like if you're telling your friend or your sister about like, like so I just got my, finally got the copy, a physical copy of my journal, which is delayed in shipping or whatever. And it's like, okay, so if you're recommending this to a friend or your sister, right, it's a different conversation maybe than some people would assume it would be selling, but it really is the same conversation or at least conscious conversation it should be, mm-hmm. right? Where you could be like, okay, this is for you if you really like the idea of like journaling, but maybe sometimes feel like some guidance would help. This is for you if you're just like a self-discovery geek, right? Mm-hmm. And you want to like tune in, you know, if you're looking for a mindfulness practice or for something that can kind of just center you every day, this would be a great journal for you. Mm. If you're someone that like hates journaling, totally not for you, right? If you're someone that just like in your journal likes to just free form write and, you know, doesn't want any guidance, totally not for you. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's like this, it's thinking about in that way, right? Like if your sister like hates journaling, you wouldn't try to like convince her, like you wouldn't try to convince her to buy a journaling book. Right. Right. You'd probably just be like, okay, well, when she gets to the point in her life where she wants to journal, she'll ask me about it and I'll recommend some books, you know? So I think that's the way I think about selling. Oh, I love that. That's a great reframe because I've just in the past year or so come into this place of like, okay, how do I offer my services and like be of service to people? And just having you like face to face, like just talking about it is much more powerful already than seeing like just like a post that says, here's what I'm offering. Like having you on video, like explaining it and like oh. communicating that way, that's already shifting my <laughs> perspective. I also, of for it. me, for me, when it's selling, like video is huge for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, obviously you can share on anything, but like for me, I just feel video is like so natural yeah. and you get to like, just see a human talking about a thing that they're excited about. And that's what we resonate with. And, you know, for so many people, especially in the spiritual community, it's more about a vibration and an energy than it ever really is the logistics of a product. Totally. (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's like you being really excited about something, someone's either resonating with that or not. Right. Like sometimes I think we get caught up with the, you know, it has, I don't even know the number, which is funny because so, I have no idea. There's like a hundred and something different, you know, things in here and like a certain number of practices and meditations and stuff like that. But it's like, who cares? Mm. Right. Who cares? Because it really is, it's the energy of it. Right. Yeah. It's like all these prompts that are going to, you know, I love to engage with your spirit and manifest your desires and you either resonate with that or you don't. Mm-hmm. And I think when I, I had that, I had a moment where I literally, like once I got into too much of a business mode and I had to like recalibrate back um, several years ago, it was really just one thinking about what I just said, like you're talking to your sister, you're talking to your friend about a product and we do it constantly, Mm -hmm. right? Like how many times do you recommend, like I'm always recommending stuff to my friends. So true. I'm like, oh my God, I love, (laughs) I love this protein powder. Oh my God, I love these like, now there's like these like eco-friendly like uh what do you call it like 
I don't have them on now. They're like the pop-on nails or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like, we're just like automated, like little, you know, little recommenders of things that we enjoy. Absolutely. And it's like, if your friend is like, okay, I like hate protein powder, <laughs> you know, they're going to be like, great, that's really cool. I'm so, really happy for you. And maybe it's not my thing. And so I think sometimes people are so like scared of people being offended, mm. but it's like, no, like I don't eat meat. So if someone tells me they had like a really amazing steak and I should go to that restaurant or whatever, I was like, oh, fit. like I'm glad that you enjoyed it. I'll keep it in mind for anybody else that I know that like steak, but it's not my bag. I'm not no. offended by it. I don't think you're a jerk because you made <laughs> that recommendation, right? Totally. It's just, I know it's not for me. And then so we can like release that feeling of, caring if yeah. if it's not for someone then it's great it's just not for them it doesn't you know yeah not a big I feel deal. like that's like a lot of um breaking through fears of being seen and heard as well it sounds like just be, the willingness to show up and be okay with whatever judgment exists and knowing that it's really not about you or us or anybody if we're selling it's like okay great but that can be a hurdle uh, yeah. to get over mm-hmm. absolutely yeah and that's part of the initiation i think Right. It's the initiation of initiation of sharing something that you love with the world. Yeah. Even if you're not selling, right. You putting yourself out there in any way, Mm -hmm. right. Someone could like, listen to It's so funny. We're both wearing green. Someone Mm -hmm. could watch this if they're watching the video and be like, I hate green. Right. (laughs) It's not about us at all. We both have to choose green this morning, you know, but you have to be willing you know, by the fact that we're putting ourselves out there, we expose ourselves to someone being like, I hate green. And that's totally up to them, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And that, you know, and I think it's the same thing when you're sharing anything, whether it's like a message or you're selling or you're just putting yourself out there with like your favorite brunch place or whatnot. Mm -hmm. It's like being able to be so strong in who you are that people can also have their opinions and it doesn't have to reflect anything on you. Yeah, absolutely. I was mentioning as we were just getting started that I'd come out of like this hypnotherapy session with Leo Max, who's also been on the podcast, but we were talking about Brene Brown and some of her teachings. And he was like, you know, based on all the stories that you're seeing coming through your life and coming at you and everything, instead of like judging it, just love that for them. Because if they're there, it's exactly where they're meant to be. So he's been tagging on like, and I love that at the end of every sentence. So this person <laughs> left me. <laughs> He's like, so this person left me. And I love that. You know, this person threw this at me. And I love that because it's exactly where we need to be for our involvement anyway. So that just switched something in me. So now I've been putting, and I love that at the end of every. I love, and I love that. <laughs> and I love that. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I, I think my version of that w- would be, um, you know, and it, it, it's perfect. Yeah. It's always perfect. Like whoever it ends mm-hmm. up happening, it's perfect. You know, I was just joking around about how, you know, my, my spiritual awakening journal literally was like two weeks late in coming to me mm-hmm. and it's perfect. And I love it. Yeah, exactly. And I love it. And it's you working know? out, right? Mm-hmm. And it all works out. It always does. Right. It caused me to be super creative with some of my like social posts around it. Cause I literally didn't have anything. Mm-hmm. So I like created these like cute reels with like some teasers of like the journaling prompts. And it's like, that never would have happened mm-hmm. if I got it on time. Exactly. It caused like all of my friends, a bunch of my friends who were like, um, looking at reviewing it, got review copies for it. And they end up getting their copies before mine. 
And so because I hadn't gotten my, my copy yet, a bunch of my friends like took these cute photos with it and like sent it to me to like kind of help me out. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's like so many things in life are that, right? Like it's true. It's like, it's all perfect. It's all divine. It's all happening. And another thing that you, uh, that you said that I think is really helpful to, for people to remember is that everyone's on their own journey. Mm -hmm. And so it's okay. Not everyone is going to be, especially for those of you who are selling something, or even if it's just with your friends and family, honestly, you're excited, you're talking about your spiritual journey, you know, mm -hmm. it's not going to be for everyone. Mm -hmm. Not everybody's going to be ready for it. And the more I think at peace you can be and just like presenting, you know, I presented a lot of stuff to spiritual stuff to my brother during that process. Mm -hmm. And like 99% of it, he just was not ready to hear. Yeah. Right. But over the years, because I just presented it and was unattached to his opinion or his receiving it, right? Mm -hmm. Over the years, he'll call me and he'll be like, oh, can you send me, like when he was in the hospital, he was like, oh, Cass, remember you mentioned like those sleep hypnosis? Can you send me those, right? Yeah. And he'll just like a little thing, Aww. you know, he comes back, right? Uh -huh. Or like something will happen. He'll be like, so what's your spiritual airy fairy perspective, you know? And like he does in his own little way. Yes. And, and so it's like a lot of times it's the same thing with if anyone that's listening is like selling stuff or, you know, trying to get clients or things like that. It's the same thing. Mm -hmm. When you just like present unapologetically, like what you have, what you are, what you offer, like how you can help someone, there are going to be people that are just not there mm -hmm. and they'll, they'll use different words to let you know that they're not there, whether it's like, oh, I'm not in this, or this is not this enough, or it's too expensive, or whatever the words are, whatever. But, but what it really all is, is just I'm not there, mm -hmm. right? It's just all I'm not there. And the more you can make that not about you and stand firm in like your value and what you provide and what you believe, mm -hmm. and the less attached you are, I actually find the less attached you are with trying to like convince anyone yeah. about it, like forget, don't convince anyone. They're mm -hmm. ready or they're not, right? And like, I think the sales that we think are like gross are sales that are like manipulative and trying to convince someone to want something that they don't inherently want yet, right? Absolutely. And it's more about trusting that at some point they're going to want it. Mm -hmm. People will follow me for like six years and then all of a sudden like, sign up for my highest like VIP one-on-one -on -one coaching and be like, Oh, I've been following all these years. I just wasn't ready for anything. Yes. I've been that person with a few teachers. Like I follow them for years and then I'm like, okay, this offering, I'm finally ready to receive this. And like, thank God that they've been promoting it for all these years. Yeah. <laughs> now it's like, now I know that it's in my head, but yeah. yeah, I've also been thinking of myself too. Like I'm a projector in human design. Do you know your human design type? Yeah. I'm a six, two splenic manifester. Amazing. I need to go a little deeper to understand that. I love that though. But yeah, I'm learning too, like uh, projectors often like to give advice, like an often unsolicited advice. So I'm like learning very much that I am to be a space holder and like offer the arena for people to explore and play in. And especially in mentorship as well, when they come in, it's not about me pushing my fixing and like my narrative of who I might, my, my ideal of me would be, but like giving them the space to explore their highest self, like, and bring that to fruition just by prompting them so that they do the exploration on their own. So that's been a big shift to, yeah, totally not take anything personally and just like give it away and surrender it to, to whoever you're working with. 
Absolutely. And I think, you know, the, the biggest gift you can give anyone that you're mentoring, regardless of human design type, although that is very true for projectors, especially, <laughs> yeah. um, is connecting them back with their truth, right? Connecting them back with their highest self, connecting them back with their soul. And I really see that as like, I do a lot of things as a coach and I use a lot of like modalities and energy and all these different things, right? But at the end of the day, what I'm just doing is like helping people plug into their guidance system faster mm-hmm. and stay there longer so that they can expedite their journey in that way. Mm-hmm. And so, I also think, you know, that that's something that can even extend far beyond your clients, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I like to think of like all the, you know, podcasts like this and like all the other like stuff we put out in the world um, can really just be ways to help bring people back home to themselves Mm -hmm. so that they can intuitively know what that next step is for them. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, then like, obviously you are guided here to hear it. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I love that you say like bringing them back home to themselves as well. Cause I feel like my whole mission with bringing conversations like this to life is to like help people like go downstream, like make life a little mm-hmm. easier, like just like relieve a little bit. Um, totally. I also wanted to touch on manifestation with you and, yeah. and get into your mind about how, how you perceive manifestation and what has been like working for you, I guess, and how you perceive it. Yeah. So I have a book called Manifesting Through Meditation. And part of it was inspired by that journey I shared at the beginning about how I really felt like I manifested all this stuff, pretty much using meditation. And so the way I see manifestation in like a step process, I'll like tell you my four steps and then we could talk a little bit more like general. Mm -hmm. But so I see like four really clear steps. And like the first step was just what we talked about, like coming back home. Like before you even start manifesting, you have to connect with the truth of who you are. You have to connect with that divine essence inside of you, the part of you that is like pure creation source energy, because that is the creator inside of you. And that is, you know, I would call it the quantum field in which we create within. Right. And so I think that is number one when you're manifesting and something that a lot of people like to bypass <laughs> because it's less glamorous. But that is what it is. Right. It's being able to like tune into that intuitive guidance first. The most important. Yeah. Most importantly. Mm-hmm. Most importantly. That's why I wrote that book. So I was like, everyone's talking about manifestation and nobody's like, very few people are talking about this. Right. Very important first part of it. <laughs> And then the second and third, which I'm sure everybody knows, is then connecting with your soul's desires, right? And I say connecting with your soul's desires and the essence of your desire because it's getting beyond what you see people have on Instagram or the way you've seen anybody else do it, you know, out there and really going into your soul and saying, what do I feel like in a vacuum without all this like influence? of, you know, around me, what do I really want? And what really like resonates with me? Because the definition of success or a joyful, juicy, fun life is different for all of us. And so really getting to have that time to uncover what that is for you, and then distill it to its essence. Because maybe you're like, I really want 
I really want to write a book. Let's say that's like what you're thinking. And then you distill that to its essence. And what you really want is you really have a message that you want people to hear. Mm. You have an important message that you want people to hear. And the way that your human mind is kind of creating a thing is that like that has to come in the form of a book, Mm -hmm. right? And there's nothing wrong with that, but it's good to know the difference. They're like, okay, the way I'm seeing this essence of sharing my message with the world manifest is a book, but knowing that that's not the only option for how it's going to manifest, right? And that actually, if we keep on doing step one, and then we hold the, the divine essence of step two, that you'll be guided. And so maybe you're guided and you end up starting a podcast, right? And you're like, oh, well, the, the universe just, or whatever you want to call it, creator energy was just like, this is the fastest way to get that message heard. And mm-hmm. that's what you need. That's what you desired, right? So that manifested really fast. Doesn't mean you can't have a book or whatever that can't happen at some other point, but it's just like you open up the space for it to be other things. Mm-hmm. And then the third is, um, the third step is releasing the fears and the blocks and the beliefs and the anxieties and stuff we have that tell us that we can't have the thing we desire. And so I think that's also like a less fun, but very potent step. That is something that I, I do like, like hygiene, right? Mm -hmm. Like daily hygiene. And it's just checking in with yourself and saying, okay, this is like the vision that I feel like I'm moving towards. This is like what I'm desiring right now. And like the next step and my next expansion and evolution. And can I just be really honest with myself in like this moment right now, what comes up around me not having it, right? Mm -hmm. If I don't have it right now, if it's not already manifested and who the truth of my being is, is creation energy. The only reason I don't have it is because there's something there, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. There's something that I'm creating that says I can't have it or it has to take time or fill in whatever the blank is of the story, right? Mm -hmm. And so to just accept that and be like, And I love it. (laughs) I love it, right? To be like, oh, like I really want this thing to happen and it's not happening because part of me believes that I'm not good enough for it yet. And I love that. And I Mm. love that because now that means that I can change it, Mm -hmm. right? Right. Because I'm not the victim, I'm the creator. And so silly me created this thing because Mm -hmm. I thought it'd be fun for it to be a challenge, (laughs) right? And now I'm done with it. I'm done with the challenge. That was great. I lived that for a minute. And now I'm like over that story and I'm ready for the ease. And I'm ready to just take me straight to the gold or whatever it is, right? And and so then we clear it, right? And you can use whatever modalities you like to clear it. I like doing like bilateral um, stimulation. I like EFT. I do all the things, you name it, all the fun things. I love all the things. Some people like to journal it or meditate, like whatever you want to do with it, great. Um, Clear it in your favorite way. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then the fourth step is quantum embodiment. Mm -hmm. And quantum embodiment is assuming the energy of that now. And so going back to the example we gave, if your desire is to share the message that you have with the world, then quantum embodiment is how do I become the living embodiment of that message right now? Mm. How am I that message when I go to the grocery store? How am I that message when I talk to the barista for my coffee in the morning? How am I that message in my family? How am I showing up in such a way that my presence 
is the embodiment of that message, mm. right? Mm -hmm. And am I waiting till I become Deepak Chopra to do that? Mm -hmm. Right. But how can I pretend that I have the influence level of Deepak Chopra if that's what the goal is or whatever it is right now? Mm -hmm. Now, right. And how I interact, right. How do I, what am I going to post to my five people on Instagram before I have 5 million? Yes, right. Exactly. And all of, all of those things. So those are like, those are the four steps, but they're not necessarily always like so neatly in order, right? I think you can go through them in order kind of to begin with, but then on a day-to-day -day basis, they kind of like all dance with each other, right? Absolutely. Um, so I think that's the, the biggest thing. And then when it comes to manifesting, I think one of the the things that I was talking about this and I have these like kind of more intensive manifesting masterminds that I teach. And we were talking about this because the ladies that are in there, they're so funny. They're always like, no, Kath, like, well, like, what do you do? Like, what do you do every, you know? <laughs> <laughs> they want the juice. Yeah. They're like, literally give me like, like what you do every second of the day to like make this stuff happen. I love yeah. it. Um, and I think one of the things that has, has helped me is that one step one is a huge priority for me mm -hmm. right so i'm like always meditating i'm always praying like i'll call in my divine support squad my angels my guides um so i'm always open for the divine help right mm -hmm. i don't try to do it alone and i welcome all the magical help possible mm -hmm. and then number two is i just really have i i have like a low tolerance for being out of alignment or for being out of that frequency. So when stuff happens, as it does, because life happens, right? And it takes me out of the zone, so to speak, right? It takes me out of that like feeling like, oh, things are flowing, everything's happening, right? And this happens like multiple times a day, right? Like several times a day, probably. Right. Um, when it happens, I just bring myself back faster. Mm -hmm. Right. I don't let myself linger there too much. I notice it and I'll be like, oh, wow, like I'm feeling crummy around this just dream or desire or goal or something I have right now. I'm not going to pretend I don't feel crummy. I'm going to like, like, okay, what's coming up there? Why do mm -hmm. I feel crummy? And I'll it'll just be like, at this point, sometimes it only takes five minutes, right? To just sit with myself and be like, where is this feeling coming from? Okay, it's in my heart. And what, okay, I'm feeling like, okay, it's the feeling of helplessness. All right, so I'm feeling really helpless around this thing. And then I'll do, you know, maybe some bilateral stimulation or that's my favorite. I like to, I call it the butterfly, I do the butterfly. Or I'll do tapping, you know, or I'll do a hypnosis or whatever it is, meditation. I'll do something. Mm -hmm. And usually the thing I do only has to take like five, 10 minutes, mm -hmm. you know? And it just shifts me out of it in yep. that moment so that then the next action I take is not from that place of fear or lack. Amazing. Right? Yeah, and you take that, like immediate that's action. That's the cheat code. <laughs> I love that. It's like you don't sit with it. You just, you observe it and then you clear it. Yeah. And it's, and it's like, yeah. and it's like you go into it, mm -hmm. right? You just like, you like, almost like you just face it head on. And then like facing it head on, it's kind of like if you ever have you think about it, it's like if you ever have like a thing with a friend, like you have like a friend that's like always late or something like that. 
it's like if you just like like kind of let it go but it bothers you you let it go it bothers you it builds up and then it's like i hate that person right yeah. <laughs> but like but if the first time someone's late with you you just like face it head on and you're like not afraid to just be like hey like you know we said we we're gonna meet at this time like i really appreciate being on time and i wait if you whatever you whatever you do you get into you clear the air there mm -hmm. And it's a little scary in that moment to like, just do it. But then that person can get back into integrity with you, mm -hmm. right? You give them that opinion, that option, right? And then they can say, oh, I'm so sorry, actually, I didn't realize that was important to you. And I just kind of was dilly dallying or whatever they're, whatever, it doesn't even matter. But then they can say, okay, but from now on, I won't do that, right? And it's like a mini example of like you kind of getting back in integrity with your alignment in that moment where you're like, okay, I see I'm off. I'm going to like go into it. I'm going to explore it. I'm going to confront it, right? So that I can move through it and heal it and then move on from a genuine place and not from a place of just shoving it to the side and like pretending to be feeling something I'm not really feeling. I love that so much. I love that you use the word like explore as well. Cause I do feel like we're explorers on an everyday basis, like going through these different tunnels and alleys. And it's like, you know, that saying, yeah. you know, <laughs> like pain is inevitable, but suffering is a choice. And like the more that we push that, you know, discomfort to the side and suffer with it. Like, I believe that that creates like disease in the body. And then we create these habits that we really don't like. So it's like, amazing and your whole process there's so many deep dives you can do on every single one i really resonated with your like getting your desires down to your essence and getting really clear on what you want because i find that a lot of people actually don't know exactly what they want and then are they actually prepared to receive it like so one of my big things too has been like so i want to build like wealth right but okay if i build wealth um, I was just working through this today. Like it means that maybe I'll push my family away or I'll push friends. Or I'll become somebody I don't recognize. So like you have to be willing to change your identity at some point. And that's like, that's kind of heavy lifting. Oh, that's a huge thing. So that's, that's like a step three thing. That's also like, I think something that a lot of people bypass is like, what pain do you associate with getting what you want? Mm -hmm. Right. Because if you're not fully going after the thing you want, you associate pain with it. And we're actually programmed to run, we're programmed more to run away from pain than we are to run towards pleasure. Wow. So you like on a biological, like, you know, brain, human level <laughs> will avoid anything that you associate with pain. And so if you have pain associated with having that thing, I also had that. That was a huge breakthrough. Congratulations, you're on like the precipice of like oh, a huge jump <laughs> because that was one of my biggest financial breakthroughs. I remember the first year I made more than my father did and I freaked out. Wow. And I had, my dad was like the sole provider for us growing up. And like, I always like felt like he was like, so successful and like, you know, he killed him. He worked really hard. But so there was like all this guilt because I was like, oh my God, my dad worked so much harder than me, mm. you know, and like put some so much like blood, sweat, and tears and like, you know, time and like all this stuff at like this company to like make this money. And here I got to do it doing something I really love and it felt like a lot of fun. And I felt guilty about it. Mm-hmm. And so I had to look at that. And I also had to look at all the other pain I associated with having a lot of money, 
-hmm. once I started making a good amount of money, some of my friends asked to borrow money. And I was like, yeah, look at me, I got money. And I'm like, it's some money for you and some money for you. And I just like, you know, I had the biggest naivety um, about it and was like, yeah, well, they said they're going to pay me back in like a month. So they're going to pay me back in a month. And some of my people that were like very close friends just did not pay like thousands of dollars back. And then all of a sudden I was in a really like pickle Mm-hmm. because I was like, well, this is not the arrangement. And now our friendship is weird. And now I'm having to constantly confront you about like money you owe me. And it was like, so boop goes my finances, uh-huh. right? Because now I'm associating so much pain with having all this extra money. Yeah. And so it was really through looking at that. And I remember like writing a list of all the pain that I associated with having a lot of money everything from you know, like people asking to borrow money, people trying, I remember as soon as I made money in my business, it was like everybody and their brother was trying to solicit me some consulting, something to try to take it away. It felt like, right. Yeah. And I went through them one by one, like very practically, this is like literally what it, what it took. And I just, I came up with a game plan. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and some of it is just bringing it to light and looking at it, right. Like not putting it to the side, not like hiding in a draw saying like, okay, how do I deal with making more money than my dad? Right. And the truth is, is that like, when I told my dad how much money I was making, he was so freaking excited for me. Mm -hmm. He is like the most proud of me. Right. Mm -hmm. And not only for he's more proud of me for just the fact that I like struck it on my own and like did this thing that I wanted to do. Then he even really cares about the numbers, Mm -hmm. but like being able to like have that conversation and also just being like, I don't need to continually update my family or anybody in my life about what my finances are. Mm -hmm. Right. Like it's no one's business and it's unnecessary really. Um, and just being okay with it, like sitting with myself and being like, it's okay. It's actually beautiful. Like my dad made what he made and made me the woman I am so that I can make more. That's how it's supposed to go actually, you know? Definitely. And then that freed up energy around that. And then even with the friend thing, I just came up with rules. I was like, okay, so moving on, I just have a strict, I don't lend friends money policy. Yeah. Like I just don't. And when friends like come to me for it, I, I will help you do a bunch of different things, right? I can provide in certain different ways and I can lead you to resources or help you get a loan or help you with your business or like there's so many different ways I can help someone that doesn't involve us engaging in that kind of interaction that could potentially lead to, you know, a messy situation. And once I just set that clear boundary with myself, I didn't even have to say it to anybody, you know, then it was like all this energy freed up and like my income doubled that next year, doubled. And it was literally just because I looked at the ways that I energetically was holding myself back because of the pain I felt of making that much money. Amazing. Like you knew you could hold the space, like, cause you made a plan for holding it and then it expanded. And that's it. Making a plan. Same thing. One of my things was like, okay, well, if I become a millionaire, how am I going to handle taxes? Yes. (laughs) That's a thing. (laughs) 
And this is like, this is just stuff to look at, right? And whether it's money or it's anything, right? Like think about it. Like if it's like your partner, you're manifesting, think about it. What are the pain you associate with having a partner? Things you're going to have to like, having your partner is also something that just illuminates everything, right? You can't hide anything when you live with someone, right? Um, Or it's buying a house or whatever the thing is, right? Just looking at, okay, what are the things that come up even on a super practical level that you're associating a little pain with? And so with the taxes thing, it was like, I was time to get myself a really good accountant, Yeah. right? And so I literally interviewed accountants. I wasn't at the time making a million dollars, but I was like, I plan on making a million dollars. Bless these accountants when I talked to them. They were so sweet. I was like, I plan on making a million dollars and I just need to make sure I have an accountant that's going to handle that. And <laughs> they're like, how much, are, how much are you making right now? And I'm like, well, making, you know, I was making like, you know, low six figures at the time. And I was like, but I have plans. I have plans. I just want to make sure that we have the systems ready, right? And so I actually hired an accountant, you know, that, and I still work with them to this day. But when I hired them, I asked them all those questions. And I was like, have you worked with people? And they have, like, and they've, they're awesome. They've worked with a lot of other entrepreneurs that, you know, and gotten them through the whole gamut of their journey, right? From kind of just starting their business, having no money to being like multimillionaires and they have those systems in place. So I have no fear around more money coming in that way because I know I have someone that can help me handle it. Mm -hmm. And then, and then other things like around investing and stuff. I read books around investing, you know, it's, it seems like, um, it's funny because it's rather practical, right? If you think about it, Mm -hmm. but at its heart, it's really energetic because there are like these little energetic blocks that we have. And sometimes we can just solve them pretty easily. Yes. You know, in practical ways. Yeah. I always remember being a kid and like not wanting to do my homework. And my mom would just be like, just sit in front of it. You don't have to do it. Just sit in front of it. Just look at it. And then I'd sit in front of it and be like, oh, it's not that hard. So I feel like the same thing with reading and researching. I finally got Tony Robbins, like big money book in the last couple of years. And I was like, okay, this is pretty practical. And like literally with a touch of a button, I can open like a Roth or something. And it's like, why don't, why don't we all know this like immediately? But it's like, it was an energetic, like block and like willingness to go into that zone and that arena and start to work through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think now it's like, we have Google mm-hmm. and so helpful or even like I old school. It's so funny. It's like bringing back flashbacks of that time in my life. So perfect. I literally walked into Charles, Charles Schwab, mm-hmm. you know, at that point when I was moving through all this stuff and I was like, I need help. (laughs) And I was like, I just want to talk to a human. I don't want to read a book. I don't want to read all the things on the website. Just want to talk to a human, tell them my situation, get some advice. And that's how I opened my Roth IRA. Mm -hmm. And that's how I started, you know, my like investment planning and same thing when it was like figuring out the stock market. Right. I asked a couple of people in my life that I knew some like basic tips. Mm -hmm. I didn't like try to have like the most amazing stock market portfolio, like off the gate. But I was like, let me get comfortable putting my money into some stocks that, you know, and my dad actually was like pretty helpful in that, in the way where he was like, have fun with it. Like put small amounts of money right now, as you're like dabbling in, just put like little amounts of money in companies that you genuinely like. Mm -hmm. Right. And then like, and then over the years it got more strategic, but it's just taking that first step, 
Right. You know, because as soon as you take, as soon as you walk into the Charles Schwab or wherever you're walking into like Fidelity or whatever it is and ask about your Roth IRA, it's like, yeah. it's almost like that, like energy, just that energy that was like blocked, just like poof, exactly. dissipates, it's gone. But I have such a other like funny block with money. I'm like, what if I start raking in all this? Like, how could my checking account even like handle the money? Like, where does the money? Like, <laughs> oh, the number just gets bigger and bigger. It just gets bigger. I'm like, this is, is it dangerous to have this much money in one account? Or like, I don't know. But it's so funny. Oh my it's god, like a I very love irrational it. fear. <laughs> no, but this is so great. I just love this so much because I do one. It's just like, it's just like very like, uh, it's reminding me a lot of like that time in my life, which I now look back with like just such <laughs> fondness because it was just so, you know, so such an epic growth time. But I think so many people have these thoughts and these yeah. like fears and worries around money. And one, it's too funny because I think, you know, as you like invest and you get more like savvy with money and stuff, you, you don't generally want that much money hanging out in your checking account, right? right? From like a strategic point of view. But I do think it's fun. Like with my clients, I'm always like, you know, let it hang out there for a little while because it's kind of fun to start seeing that number get bigger and bigger. Yeah. And there's like a certain just like kind of like silly, playful joy and like seeing like a number that you've never seen before in your checking account mm -hmm. and being like, woo, like, look at that. And then once you like get past that stage um, of things, it's more strategic to then, you know, once you get a certain number in your checking account, you have these certain investments accounts that you put things into. And so you can have, you know, obviously, whether it's your, you know, your nowadays anybody could trade on like Robinhood, right? Mm -hmm. Or they have like things like Elvest where you can put in like the things that you're saving for and have different. I I did a version of that. It was pre-Elvest. I created a bunch of these different accounts, different money market accounts that had names on them. So it would be like a money market account for like my first house, right? Before I bought our my first house. And then it would be like a money for like foreign travel because I love traveling, right? And then one would be like education if I wanted to invest in like a, a course or a mentor or a coach or something. Mm -hmm. So I came up with like five different little things. Is Money then, Market like an app where you can split up your accounts or something? Uh, no, I did it through Capital One. Oh, money cool. Market is just a type of, it's just like a type of checking. It, instead of a checking account, it's called a Money Market account. Mm. And usually it has a higher interest rate. So you get more interest on your money. Mm -hmm. at the time the interest rate was much better than just having in like a regular savings account now it's gotten a little bit less so so now I'm moving so you just have to check in and see where the rates are for whatever you're doing but you could do it whether whether you do it with like a money market account or you do it with like um a bond or you do it with like a mutual fund portfolio or you do it with different um, stocks and stuff. What I thought was fun about it was the labels, mm. right? And being able to like physically like put, you know, kind of see like myself move some energy into like certain places, you know? Yes, that? that's what I want. Cause all mine are like separate between like all these different types of accounts, like in apps. Like, so they're like, I would like to see it all in one and then be able to move like you're saying, cause that's so satisfying. So satisfying. Yeah. <laughs> so satisfying. Um, that is usually helpful. Like if you, if you're like allegiant to one bank, 
is kind of the way mostly you have to do that. Um, but yeah, I do think that's also a big thing is like setting up those that I always tell my clients, like set up the buckets before it's raining. Mm -hmm. Right. Cause so many people were like, well, when it rains, I'll set up my buckets. Right. And totally. it's like, no, set up the buckets first because then one, the universe loves a vacuum. And now you're saying like, I have a container to hold all this money. Like, yes. great, throw money at me. I have all these different places. Oh, look, my, my mutual fund wants some money. My Roth RNA wants some money. My stocks want some money. My crypto wants some money. Like all these things want some money. So bring it on, right? And then you get to have fun with it and, um, and really just see it in those. So, so long story short is that ultimately you'll get to a place where you'll find whatever number you like hanging out in your checking account. And that's like totally personal. Um, and also depending on like, you know, what you're, you know, like recently we, we bought the house in November. And so I'm, I've been buying like furniture and stuff like that. So I let more money hang out there mm -hmm. um, than I would normally, because if I'm gonna, I wanna have the this space, if I like see an awesome furniture piece or an awesome artwork or something like that, it's there. But normally I keep that, you know, I guess a little bit smaller so that I always have enough to do whatever I would need to do, but mm -hmm. the majority of my money is getting better interest rates yeah. <laughs> and is like growing and compounding. Right, while you sleep, you're making money. Awesome. Yeah. I Thank you so much for this advice because I honestly feel like I, I just want more women, especially to be more well-versed in finances and myself too, because I just don't feel like many women talk about it super openly and like how to organize our finances and everything. And I'm, I'm just so grateful and it's expansive for me to just hear you talk about it as well. Mm. Yeah. And I feel I'm like so glad it thing. came up. It's such a unique thing. I don't usually get to talk about it. on. <laughs> <laughs> Totally. Yeah. I'm on, I'm on that wave right now. And I also love what you said too, about like setting up your buckets before it rains and also just like with your like presence or your offerings too, it seems like, cause like people can go viral on TikTok in like two seconds now. And like, where are they going to go? Where are they going to get sent? Do you have like a whole thing set up? But I love it so much. So yeah. the last thing I wanted to chat with you about is your, um, journal that's coming out your book journal, which is on its way to me now in the mail. I can't wait to Yay! get it. But um, yeah, anything you want to tell us about that and then how people can work with you, everything. Yay. So yeah, so I'll show you my beautiful thing. I'm so excited. So it's a spiritual awakening journal and it says daily reflections to attract positivity and reconnect with your truest self. But what I really love is the back thing, which I didn't even make up. One of the people at my publisher did, but I'm obsessed with it. <laughs> it says, engage with your spirit and manifest your desires. And that's really, I feel like in a nutshell, it's like every day, I'm going to be doing this myself. And I wrote all these prompts, but I think it's just one of those things where it's like connecting to yourself every day and seeing like, what's coming up for me today? Where am I being divinely guided today? What needs to be released today? That real refinement. And it has different practices in it and meditations in it as well throughout the journal for you to explore that even more um, because I really feel like that's the beginning so this is definitely I think great for anyone wherever you're on the path if you're on the self-discovery path um, to help get that more clarity and like refine things and see what's that next step for you and there's also tons of prompts in there that would naturally will help you move through some of these fears in fact what we talked about 
about the pain associated with your desire is a prompt in there. Um, So a lot of the things that you heard me bring bring up on the podcast, you'll also see some of that reflected in there. So you'll be like held through that process. So it's kind of like having a mini coach in a journal. Um, And then I also have what I mentioned, my manifesting through meditation book, which is a hundred different meditations curated to help you through that four-step manifesting process. And then um, for those of you who are like, I'm not going to do a book on, man- on meditation, um, I have a 40-day guided meditation journey called Amplify Your Magnetism. And so I took, it's inspired by those four steps and it's 40 days of guided meditations that you can do to amplify your magnetism and get on that manifestation track. And then I also mentioned my Divinely Design Your Life which is my, my kind of my signature program about getting through that manifestation process and um, being the creator of your life. And, and that's like all the things, the whole roadmap. Um, so we'll put all the links below to that and I'll give you a link to a free um, Divinely Design Your Life 101 workshop. So if someone's curious about like kind of going through that formula and we do some of the energetic shifts and the clearing and stuff in that workshop, they can get a fun taste of that and clarify their desires and, and all of that. And you can find me everywhere at Cassandra Bodzak. I'm really active on Instagram. I'm working on my TikTok game. Um, there's tons of free stuff on my YouTube, like tapping meditations, me talking about, about different things. So definitely get at it on all the platforms. And I have a podcast called Divine Downloads. Amazing. <laughs> such a gift. <laughs> Seriously, I'm so inspired. Such a gift having you here. That's, this has just been awesome. Thank you so much for chatting and just sharing your wisdom. And I will be in that um, free course too. That sounds awesome. Yay. And thank you so much for having me. And thank you so much. Just I just love that you were just so like open and vulnerable. And I think you know, the questions you asked and the things we talked about are going to be of such service to the people that are listening to this. And yeah, just thank you. Oh, thank you for saying that. Such a pleasure. I think definitely people are going to get a lot out of this one. All right, my friends, thank you so much for hanging out with us today. I hope you're feeling inspired and lifted and called to action in some area of your life. And of course, everything we chatted about is listed in the description below. So a couple more things on my end. On June 18th, I'm leading a workshop with the Den Meditation called Falling in Love with Yourself. It's going to be really fun. It's going to be an intensive like hour and a half of journaling, workbook prompts, uh, visualization, a little EFT tapping in there. We're going to have a blast. So excited for that. And then if you've been wanting to work with me privately, I have a couple offerings. You can either do a three-hour deep dive, which is a hypnosis journey with me, Or you can do a one-on-one mentorship with me, which is seven weeks long. And uh, if you're curious about working with me in general, I am now offering free, totally free, 30-minute subconscious deep dives with me. So if you're curious about that, you can just check out my website. I'm so excited to be offering this for you. And I also have a free workbook that I think you're just going to love. Um, to really begin your subconscious healing journey. It's an awesome tool to have in your tool belt, totally free. If you go to helendenham.com, you'll see all of that. And if you'd like to meditate with me throughout the week, you'll see that on my website as well. But thank you so much for being here. I love you so much. And I will talk to you on the next one. Bye for now.